0: Welcome to Wild and Free About a Born Podcast. This is Jacob, and I'm here, as always, with B.
1: Hello. And, and my cat. He's somewhere here, too.
0: Right. Dwayne is probably sleeping. It's hot outside.
1: He's sleeping in a box today. He's very excited. Today was mail day. Um, We are super excited because we are starting um, a series about issues that affect Everybody while voting right. and why it's important to vote and all that good jazz. Um, so one of the things that is giving me joy today is having Jocelyn Torres back. She is with Conservation Lands Foundation. She is the senior field director. And then we have Paul. Paul, can you help me with your last name?
2: <laughs> Paul Selberg.
1: There you go. Paul Selberg. I was not gonna say that, right? Um, <laughs> okay. He's the new executive director with uh, at Nevada Conservation League. Um,
3: so, if we, Jocelyn, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, what's giving you joy? Again, that everyone, it's been a while, I think, since I've been on the podcast. So, um, reintroduce myself, um, Jocelyn. I live in Las Vegas. I grew up in Las Vegas, um, so I've been here for a while. And I think what's giving me joy lately um, has been just having some time to slow down. I think um, the positive, I guess, of the COVID pandemic has been that it's forced us all to reevaluate and slow down a little bit. Um, and that has freed up a lot more time to have more meaningful relationships with my daughter and with other members of my family, and just enjoying simple things like sitting in the backyard or. You know coloring together
0: well that's awesome
3: have you been sitting in the backyard this week because it's been hot um i did <laughs> we quickly <laughs> turned very red in the face and then we decided that that was <laughs> enough you know joy in the outdoors for yeah, the day you're like this <laughs> this has been a great time a good five
1: minutes over here right yes yes <laughs> and then water brought me joy so yes great <laughs> Cold water what about you paul Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's given you joy?
2: Sure. Uh, So uh, I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa, but I've been living here in Nevada for um, just over six years. Um, And if you ever asked me 10 years ago if I thought I was going to be living in Las Vegas, I would have laughed at you. It was just like not something that I ever thought was in the cards for me. Um, But Nevada has really become my uh, new home and and can't imagine living anywhere else, frankly. So. uh, as you said, I'm brand new to to my role. Um, in fact, my first official day was this past Monday, and you guys have the honor of having uh, of being my very first um, interview as the new executive director. So,
0: this uh, is how
1: efficient we are!
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> we call divs on everything. Right. So, what is giving you joy lately, Paul? Uh,
2: so, I think honestly, just the the whole process of starting a new job. You get to discover all these new facets of um, the organization that you're working, working for, um, meeting all the new uh, staff members and just all the other people that are working within the same, uh, on the same issues as you. Um, it's, it's just been a fascinating, um, I guess at this point, four days, uh, to, um, to learn all the new processes of, of, of a job. Uh, it's really exciting and that's bringing me joy. It, you know, I was unemployed during uh, for the last couple of months. Um, with uh, COVID and everything. Uh, so I'm happy to have a new job and I'm happy to be able to get out of the house and, and um, have some activities to do. So
0: as B mentioned, what we're do, kind of where we're focusing right now is on um, the upcoming election. So here we are, we're less than 80 days away from the election. And so part of what we're doing is we're asking everybody, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, why are you voting? So what's important to you in the upcoming election?
3: Do you want to start jocelyn yeah yeah you know i guess for me you know i've seen big changes in our community over how policies have been implemented um over the years and i feel like the election is an opportunity for people to really voice you know how maybe those policies have impacted our communities and how you know new type of policies um and that be under new leaders or existing leaders but being held accountable to what these policies do right to communities that they're not just some paper written you know somewhere in dc or somewhere in Carson city that it has actual impacts on people's day-to-day lives um so i'm looking forward to that i think it's it's been exciting watching people over the course of this year just be a lot more vocal about how these things have impacted them how they hope our elected officials act on what is happening in our communities and i think you know this is a year that people are going to hold folks you know accountable and their feet to the fire on the changes that they want to see in their community
2: yeah what about you paul yeah and i'm excited because um you know i believe that a healthy democracy leads to a healthy environment and frankly the environment is always on the ballot um You know, and if you need proof of that, look no further than our very own state legislature um, and our state government. In the last legislative session alone, we passed some pretty impressive um, public lands bills and renewable energy bills, um, bills such as uh, an aggressive renewable portfolio portfolio standards um, championed by uh, Senator Chris Brooks. Um, We created the Office of Outdoor Recreation, um, which helps promote outdoor tourism um, and helps support our conservation efforts around the state. Uh, and that was championed by Assemblywoman Maggie Carlton. Um, we have had legislation that helped reauthorize um, funding f- to preserve our state parks, um, our hiking trails, our waterways. If you need proof, look no further than than um, right here in our own state. Uh, and so that's what's really motivating me to vote this, this upcoming election.
1: I think that's awesome. so important. Great. Because, you know, the way you said it, you know, the environment is always on the ballot. And that's true with everything right with all the other issues um but i think it's important that people that we that that we say that over and over again because we forget and it's like oh no this is just the mayor you know like it's it's fine like we i don't need to vote this time or oh you know like this is just a state uh election like i'm gonna i'm gonna skip it no every time it's important every time
0: yeah well and particularly i mean i think I, I get the impression and I don't, I, I don't know this for a fact. I don't know if there's any hard data, but I feel like if the COVID shutdown has proven anything too, there's a lot more, there's been a lot more attention given to some of the governments, particularly municipal governments, because we haven't really, we don't normally have the time to look at it. I mean, you know, right now there, there seems to be, and, and I don't live in the city of Las Vegas so within the city bounds, so I can't vote for city council, but like, I know people that have never cared about the city council who are now just like up in arms about things that the city council has been doing because they're exposed to it and they've never been exposed to it before for whatever reason. And obviously like the city council has a lot of power. The County commission here has a ton of power and they have a lot of influence and people don't really pay attention. Um, You know, like, like I see, you know, I see people or I hear people talking about, you know, like, individual city council members that are not the mayor which i don't think i've ever heard anybody that's not already engaged talk about like when i have friends that are like oh did you hear what such and such said about you know this issue or the scandal that michelle fiore is involved in and i'm like yes but i'm shocked that you have heard about this this is great so
3: yeah i mean i think the climate strikes right black life matter protest mm-hmm. i think folks came out in I think, you know, protesting going to a strike maybe sometimes is a lot more of an emotional reaction, right, to Mm -hmm. a lack of accountability or a lack of action by these, you know, elected officials. And sometimes it's just very broad, right? Um, Right. Then you go there and then you're like, okay, what do I do next? And that leads to the research of like, all right, who's actually in charge of making this decision? Right. Right? And that, because it's complicated, um, especially when we get into issues of, public lands right it it could be a large federal designation right like a national park or it could be like this lot next to my house that no one ever cleans up right like we've i think a lot of us have seen parks and rec right it was like who is in charge of the pit right and then you have to figure out who's in charge of the pit and then how do you get those people to take action you know to change this and actually be something positive for the community and there's so many layers of government between who's regulating and who's elected, right? That if you're dealing, you know, with COVID and childcare and work and all kinds of other things, you know, caring for an elderly parent, they're going to have time to go into all of those details. But I think technology has also helped us better connect folks to direct their energy where they need to go to make change on, you know, something as big as climate.
0: So kind of along those same lines, um, and it's been something that at least right now has been in the news, I mean our news cycle, of course, is filled with so much information, it's it's very difficult to navigate through all of it. But, um, you know, there's been some concern, particularly about like man- the management of public lands at the federal level with the current acting director of the Bureau of Land Management, um, William Perry Pendley. So there's a lot of, um, oh. I guess, <laughs> a, a lot oh. of controversy uh, going on with him. And uh, recently, his was the nomination was rescinded but he's still he's still the acting director right so he can still make these decisions so can you all tell us a little bit about kind of like what's going on with him and why he in particular is not been a good uh is not a good person to be in charge of a lot of our public lands particularly public lands here in the west
3: Yeah,
2: so one interesting stat that I found is that the Bureau of Land Management manages roughly a tenth of the land mass of the United States, which is like a stat that was just kind of mind-blowing. Wow. Um, But I can sum up in three quick points why he was unqualified. Uh, Repeatedly denied the existence of climate change. uh, Falsely claimed that there was no credible evidence evidence of a hole in the ozone layer. And compared undocumented immigrants to cancer and uh, blamed them for diseases. So... I think he pretty much disqualified himself on, on some of that. Um, but I would also say it's because of electing champions like Senator Catherine Cortez Masto and and Jackie Rosen that can stand up to, to some of those appointments. Um, they make sure that they, that we're finding qualified people to run these agencies and administrations because they are very important. They manage huge budgets. They employ uh, thousands of people, um, we even need to make sure that we're, we're finding the most qualified people to run these different agencies. Right.
1: And that is like the waterfall of values, right? Like that's why it's important to elect a president that is going to have conservation in their mind and climate change in their mind because they're the ones that are going to appoint these important, um, this, this important people in like all different kinds of agencies, right? Right. How does one go about like if somebody like if you know like because we have like when we're looking ahead like right now we're looking ahead at the elections and we're looking ahead at people and we're looking at their values but when you're in a time like right now where oh he's getting nominated even though he's been the acting director but he's getting nominated how do you all go about like yelling at that who do you yell at who do you write to who do you tweet at can you all give us some points on that
2: uh, sure. I mean, any any and all of your elected representatives, um, you know, I think that they can help if, if they're not the ones that if you tweet at your uh, state assembly person and they don't have any control over it, they have the ability to at least direct you and help connect you to the people that do. Um, letters to the editor, uh, writing op-eds, calling, sending emails to your uh, elected, elected leaders does make a difference. Um, I, uh, in in a former position, I worked um, at the state legislature and and saw firsthand that those calls and those emails did make a
1: difference. What's more, now that you said that, what's more effective? Is it a tweet? Is it an op-ed? is it a letter is it a postcard with really nice art but like some nasty words on the back like what's more effective (laughs) Uh,
2: you know i I think it's all the above you know i think i think you don't want to leave any of those um avenues those channels of communication um untended to uh you know I, i know quite a few elected officials that look at their twitter mentions and and see what you know what people are saying um i also know people that look at the emails and count up how many people are Emailing in support or uh, opposition to it. So, you know, I think in order to be a conscious voter, a, a conscientious voter, you have to kind of go through all those different avenues, and it's a lot of work. It really is, and 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 it shouldn't necessarily have to be. But, um, you know, I think that goes back to my my original point of a healthy um, a healthy democracy leads to a healthy environment, and so by making sure that you're participating in that democracy, you can affect a positive outcome
1: and let's just like put it out there that if you don't vote like me for whatever reason every you know everybody that doesn't vote has their reason like either you're a new immigrant or you are young and it it, whatever reason it is if you don't vote like you can still be part of the process by sending your comments by sending your tweets by like voicing your opinion you don't have to like voting is is the the first step to getting involved, but it's not the only way.
2: Contributing to campaigns, signing up to volunteer by making phone calls, and in uh, and, 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 uh, better times, going out and knocking on doors, canvassing. Um, there, there are multiple avenues to get involved, including signing up for uh, and, and volunteering for organizations uh, such as mine and, and uh, Jocelyn's, and, and really finding ways to to get involved on on the issue advocacy side as well.
1: Yeah. You can sign petitions. Can you sign a petition if you're if you're a, an immigrant, like a new immigrant? Yep. Yeah. 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 The
3: only thing you can't do is vote and donate to a campaign. That's <laughs> so basically Ooh. a money vote.
0: <laughs> right, because you have to. Well, you can be a, a lawful resident but not citizen and vo- and donate, right? Yeah. So I think There's you can one. be a resident, a legal resident, but not uh and donate i believe is what
3: i would say depending on your immigration status right the, you just have to be really careful about donations um but you know there's a Who whole lot in trouble.
1: does the does the don- donor get in trouble or the person that gets the donation because if so we can donate like one dollar to several people and get them in trouble <laughs> <laughs>
3: I would say probably the person donating would get into more Dang trouble, it. right? Yeah. Because the campaign, I mean, you get a fine, a slap on the wrist, you might lose immigration status, right? It's, it's a bigger loss for the individual. Um, but Okay, I, this is important, y'all. It's <laughs> important. Yeah. Okay. There, as, as Paul was saying, there's, I think, a ton of ways to get engaged. And I would say, I, I've gone to like water meetings in Mesquite and county commission meetings in um, Lincoln County and you know there's like the paid lobbyist folks who have to be there right staff or maybe other agencies and then like maybe one other person who is like really upset about one agenda item and that's it right there's no eyes and ears in these meetings and folks get away with a lot um, not being held accountable or no one kind of watching so yeah. I think even sometimes attending a meeting and just hearing what's happening at these meetings and then passing that on to other people is a huge contribution.
2: Most yes. legislative hearings and, and county commission hearings and, and city council hearings, they have public comment periods where you can call in and voice your opinion. Um, I mean, make your voice be heard by making your voice be heard.
1: Yeah. Even right now in the age of Zoom, right, You get a phone number or a, or a Zoom link where you can go in and, and do your comments. So talking about participation, do you all have, and we can start with Jocelyn, what campaigns do you have going and how can people participate? You know, in what ways can people participate?
3: Yeah, so we just actually this week launched um, My Future, My Vote, really focusing outreach on individual responsibility. Um, I think we, right, each decision to vote as we've talked about is personal of like what motivates us to get there. Um, and each, I think, barrier to entry is different for different people. Um, it might be trying to figure out how to register to vote. It might be like you already have that figured out, but you have no idea how elections are going to work this time around between mail and, right, is it mail absentee? Am I going in person? Is there early voting? I think, you know, things are slightly different. And every time it changes, it becomes complicated for folks who might be used to doing it a particular way. So, um part of our our campaign um, is we've built out an election center kind of just giving quick links to people and we've partnered up uh, with Motivote, which is an online platform for all your young listeners it's a little bit more fun in encouraging family members and friends um, to you know check their voter registration make a plan to vote um, as we heard president former President Obama say like it's really important to make a plan to vote and so this platform, sets that up for people um and the fun part this is the gen z millennials folks Mm -hmm. can get excited there's prizes so you get like points for inviting people to register to vote and then you can get like discount codes to things or you can get like you know a swag bag or whatever you want with your points that's up to you so um it's just a a fun way to encourage you know people to recruit others and remind others to vote um because nobody wants to be kind of the naggy friend who's like come on you gotta get your registration up right but it's like can you join me here and we're gonna get points and you know we can get some coupons or something and that might get people a little more motivated um, i think
2: we're all that naggy friend right So like yeah right and, and <laughs> <a friend>. yeah.
3: <laughs> yes i mean I tag people
1: on Instagram because, you know, whatever, like giveaways. So I can do the same with voting. I can be like, hey, join me so that I can get the swag bag.
0: That's right. I mean, some of the because I signed up for the the campaign yesterday and uh, I was like, oh, there's a couple of these prizes that I'm like super excited about uh, trying to get. So, yeah,
1: Um, we signed up the Wild and Free just so that we can get accumulate more points. Yeah. We're not trying to game the system or anything, but we do like that bag.
0: That's it's the bag. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good, though. And I mean, I think it's helpful, too, because, you know, we're particularly most of us in Las Vegas, like we have friends or family all over the country. Right. So like this is a great way to kind of engage people. And so my family's all from Colorado, which is greatly impacted by public lands as well. And so, you know, like, it's a great way to get them to, you know, to remind my family to vote. Um, Not that they need a ton of reminder because they're all very pissed right now. But at least it's, you know, it's a nice way to kind of further engage them. And particularly for my, you know, my brother and sister-in-law, it's a great way to kind of help them learn a little bit more about public lands. Because it's not something that, that's not an area that they face every, you know, they, they don't think about public lands every day. They're, you know, that's not their kind of what they think about despite the fact that they live in a state where public lands are you know a vital piece of of the
1: it's state. one of the things that we don't think about until they're in danger and like in the last four years it's ugh, so much has happened <laughs> so now we just need to like we just need to keep it front and center
2: yeah and and you know here in in at west the Public lands are our backyards. Our backyards, right? It's mm-hmm. where we hunt and fish and hike and bike. Um, it's kind of our state's natural heritage. Uh, our public lands, um, right. and I, I think again to your point, it's it's not until they're under attack do we to we realize how important they are. And and I would say especially during the pandemic, being able to go out and hike, um, uh, and, and and bike during this 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 time, it has been like one of the few escapes that I've been able to, to find, right? That is, that is still uh, usually able to do.
1: It has like the one thing where you like you can't get COVID if, like, at the park. Well, it depends. Mm-hmm. Like depending on people you said, but like it was like the one scape, right? Like you can go have a walk, you can go for a hike. Not right now because it's too hot, people. If you go take water and electrolytes and everything, but...
2: My uh, my boyfriend actually bought me a metal detector that I would take out with me to go treasure hunting while hiking. <laughs> yes. Oh,
1: my gosh.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: There's unrelated, very quickly, Paul. There's a television program you may be familiar with or not. It's called The Detectorists. It's on- <laughs> I've heard about it. Okay. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's on Hulu. It's a British show. I. It is one of my most favorite television shows of all time. It is about metal detector enthusiasts. I have been told by some of my friends, some of my closest friends who have tried to get to watch it, that like, it's boring. It doesn't have a plot. And I'm like, it's charming and adorable. And there are metal detector enthusiasts in England. And what is more exciting than that? Nothing.
2: I will watch it tonight and I will report back to you as soon as I. Yes.
1: My mom wants a metal detector. She, It's been so long. She's like, you know, all the stuff that we could be finding. I'm like, some things you don't want to find. Some things you want to leave there. <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, um. So, kind of going back to the the, the campaigns, or, or Paul, oh, were yes. there any campaigns that you that you're? I know you're still you're you're on day four. Are there any campaigns specifically that you all are working on in Nevada Conservation League?
2: Sure. So we do um, endorse pro environmental uh, candidates um, for uh, a, a bunch of different offices, including the state legislature and county commission. Um, so we'll be participating in making sure that um, people that we've gone that have gone through the endorsement process and that we've en- endorsed as pro environmental candidates, um, you know, get elected. And again, uh, kind of outlining those legislative accomplishments from uh, the last session. Um, you know, I think it's it's proof that the that the work that we've done and the work that we've put in in previous uh election cycles has paid off by passing some again pretty impressive um renewable energy and and public land uh, bills
0: great so um and do you endorse local candidates statewide candidates all the above is that
2: so uh for the nevada conservation league we endorse um uh state and local candidates so um you know, this time around, uh, there's no uh, governor gubernatorial race, um, but the state legislature, um, a couple of county commission races as well. Um, we really look to see what what local impacts that we can make um, to to again further the pro environmental cause here.
1: So that is a resource. That's where people can go there and and, and check that out. You'll put it on the website. Where do you put, where do you post that?
2: Yep, uh, head to nevadaconservationleague.org and we have a scorecard, we have our endorsements. Um, you can also check out some of those uh, uh, different policy victories that we've had in the past um, to, uh, to really see just, again, there's often a disconnect between casting your ballot and, and thinking, not seeing the actual change come. If you go to the website um, and see the, the different victories that we've had, um, it's, it's pretty impressive. That's awesome.
0: And it's great that there's that resource, because I know um, I work with a lot of young people. And so they were coming to me during the primary saying, you know, where can I find information about candidates? And so this is a great way, you know, to say, hey, if you're interested in conservation and and, you know, our natural environment, check out Nevada Conservation League and they can give you some information about some of the state and local candidates, because it is it is hard. I mean. And I think, you know, even for somebody that's like super politically engaged and I follow local politics, like sometimes it's impossible to find good quality information about candidates um, or know where candidates stand. Because I think the go-to now is that on candidate websites, you know, they try to give as vague information as possible so as not to piss off somebody. So, so it's, it's
1: interesting.
3: good
1: to know. <laughs> it, I actually helped somebody for the first time like, vote like get information during the primary and i was like this is interesting like going through this process especially the judges right like they don't have a party and i was like let's look at their twitter (laughs) and that's how i helped out it's like ah ah look at this picture right here no look at this retweet no 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 let's go with the other one so
0: um you know thinking about and, and Paul, I think you may have answered some of this question, but for, for you and Jocelyn as well. So with the upcoming election, how do you think, you know, some of the other maybe issue-based campaigns will be affected by the upcoming election that we have?
3: I mean, I think every issue is impacted in every election. <laughs> um, I think it depends right on what your opinion is of particular issues, right? Um, right, And when maybe a county commission race is more important, right, than a presidential. And, you know, when as be mentioned, helping people go through their ballots, like in primaries or in off non-presidential year elections, they're always like, oh, well, what do these offices do? Um, and I think it really depends on your personal issue, right? I mean, if you care about public lands, right, or recreation, it could be you know, your local city council person all the way up to the president, right, depending on what particular land piece you're working on whether that's you know a national park or national monument or your local park right that's across the street from you um you know if it's immigration issues it could be the sheriff all the way to the president too right so i I think it really depends on what um your listeners care about and again being aware of you know which elected official can impact that particular decision Mm -hmm. right um if you want a stop sign in your neighborhood you're not going to call the president that's probably not you know your best option so tr- trying to navigate I think and doing a little research beforehand to really hone in your efforts into something that'll you know help make a difference because I think that's that is why we all vote right it's why we all participate in different policy conversations is because we want to change our communities for the better mm-hmm. um, and so the easier way to do that is to just do a little bit of research beforehand i know we all hate doing research probably and just want to give opinions or do things um but i think it pays a long way to just look into it you know through um the nevada conservation league website right if if you care about that or you know um women's leagues right who may talk about voting issues things mm-hmm. like that
2: yeah and and i don't know uh I, I don't have anything else to really add to that i, I echo everything that
0: Jocelyn said. And I think too, I mean, one of the things that I think is really important um, right now in this election and we we are very fortunate in Nevada to be represented by two amazing senators and neither of them are up for reelection right now. But, um, you know, the Senate is who approves all of these presidential appointments and we've seen how vital this this last four years about how these non elected official appointments, how they have been doing their job or in many cases not doing their job or doing a terrible job and working actively against us, um, you know and if there's if the senate if the Senate meets our values then then even if the president doesn't, there's still a lot that can be stopped because the Senate can stop those presidential appointments, um, which is that, which I think is something that people don't necessarily realize they're like, well, I can vote for you know, a democratic presidential candidate, but I'll go ahead and vote for the Republican senator, where that doesn't necessarily mash, the values may not necessarily mesh. Um, And so that's where the research comes in, is understanding, you know, who's going to support what, you know, or stop what if if they don't meet your values.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you remember former Secretary of the Interior, Ryan Zinke, but that's oh. that's proof <laughs> right there um you know he he moved to open up more of our federal lands for um exploitation whether that was gas and oil um exploration or mineral mineral extraction uh you know he he even recommended shrinking gold butte national monument which is right here in in Nevada um uh to open it up to those same reckless practices so if you Again, need any more proof at a local uh, immediate level, it's, it's right there.
3: I will also say, you know, even like we don't have a Senate race, right? But if you really do care about the Senate and you care about how the Senate impacts public lands, right, our neighbors just to the south in Arizona have a pretty contentious Senate race, right? Um, and I think we all, you know, maybe we did grow up in Nevada or not, but we all have connections outside of the state and other states and reminding those folks to vote right, in their right. Senate races, right, will have an impact on who ends up being elected to, you know, any of the Senate seats up for grabs. Um, so there's, I think there's other ways. I think B brought this up about folks who might not be able to vote for whatever reason. Right. I think there's also, if there's not an election, right, that's a reason. Right. Um, right. and there's other ways to be, um, you know an ally and encourage other people right to vote and to make sure that they're being engaged in their senate election race right or whatever the offices that you care about making an impact in
0: right
1: that's what i do for my uncles and my aunts i'm like it's your registration like and with them i have to to like take the extra step it's like let's check that like let me help you check that you're registered let me help you check like where are you gonna go vote Um, and uh, I also get my cousins, like the whole team of them is like, do you, you need to make sure that your dad and your mom, you know, are registered and you need to make sure like this and that. And just like checking on them. Um, my whole family, the ones that I can vote, I'm like, remember, (laughs) remember that I'm over here. And if you need any help or if you need any research and like, you remember this, I have a, I have a family member, not by blood, but he's, I'm pretty sure he voted for Trump last time. So I I may have told him that election day was December last night. I was like, yeah, December 3rd.
2: But to your point, you know, you're uh, it's this election cycle is it's uh, incredibly important to make a plan to vote um, because there's been so many um, changes and there's a lot of misinformation out there on what is happening or what's been changed. it's confusing for, for everyone involved. Um, so being able to help navigate, help your family members navigate um, the, the process of voting is, is incredibly important.
3: Um, yes. Yeah, and I will add, you know, I think maybe through our TikTok mantras or Twitter mantras, right? Whatever social media you're plugged into, people make goals, right? And they make plans for those goals and how they're going to be achieved to make sure they're achieved. I think we know that life lesson right or Mm -hmm. we're learning that lesson if we're still young and, you know, getting to adulthood here, but you, you have to make plans for things to happen. They don't just kind of happen out of the blue and voting is not, you know, the exception to that.
1: Right, right. You have to make the space for like every step of the process. Um, Jocelyn, I'm curious because last time that you were on the podcast, you were talking about us, um, about the biggest Joshua tree that you had ever seen. Um, and I know that's,
3: that, that's one of the campaigns
1: that is happening too. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah. So I think last time I was on the podcast, I talked about the ju- most gigantic Joshua tree I have ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, and there is a photo on social media, um, if you follow Honor Spirit Mountain, either on Facebook or Instagram, or you can see five foot two me next to a giant tree. I'm not even gonna try to size that. It's like four times my size, probably. <laughs> you can totally see it in the picture. Um, but I-, I was out there as part of a campaign to get us another national monument designation in Nevada, which would be our fourth um, after Gold Butte um and that is between Laughlin and the I15 going out to California um the area is called the which is human um for spirit mountain and it is an important area for human speaking tribes it's also an incredibly important area as we mitigate for climate um and make sure that there is clear connection for wildlife right to transport where they need to and really adjust to the changing climate so um, a good kind of fit for everything. And for uh, maybe old Hollywood fans, it's also um, within this national monument proposal is the Walking Box Ranch site. Um, if folks haven't gone out on that tour, I would highly encourage that. Uh, but it's an old um, Hollywood party home, I guess, <laughs> but it's where Clara Bell, who is a silent film star, um, lived with her family, so. Lots of kind of overlaps there um, with that monument proposal. And if folks wanna check more out, it's at um, honorspiritmountain.org. Um, it has some the photos and has a lot more information and uh, petition to sign and support that goes to both our members of Congress and also our Colorado county commission. Um, again, trying to find the right right voices to send your requests and petitions to.
1: This is gorgeous land, and here we're gonna. I think we're gonna post this picture of you. I think it's more than four size.
0: Oh, easily four,
1: four, It's more than four josselins. It's easily like six or seven josselins. This tree.
0: Yeah, and I, I was very excited when I saw it on the Honor Spirit Mountain social media because because I was like, wait, I recognize this picture because you showed it to us <laughs> while we recorded, and I was like, I recognize this this massive, massive Joshua tree. <laughs>
3: It's really hard to forget just, you know, compared to most Joshua trees that you see out hiking. This is like, whoa, okay, you are a big trunk, right? Right.
0: Well, and when there's people that don't live in the West that are like, they're not really trees They're And I'm like, I mean, they can get really big. And then you see this one. That's like the size of like an oak tree. Like it's, it's massive. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. So beautiful. We're going to put a link up to that petition yeah. on the on the episode notes. Right. So is there anything else that you would like or
3: listeners to know, either of you, Paul, Jocelyn?
1: Go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> I would say, I mean, I think, right, voting the climate, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. I mean, we talked about getting a gigantic ballot, right, not knowing really who these you know what these offices do or who these people are who are running for office right and being afraid that maybe you make a mistake and I would say like don't let right the not knowing every single answer prevent you from casting a ballot right you can leave certain offices blank if you really don't feel comfortable you know finding the right person you do totally have that option right or you can get the best information that you can land on and maybe they weren't your favorite once they're in office, but guess what? They're up for reelection at some point and you have the opportunity, right, to get rid of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you didn't like them. Or, you know, we talked about the petitions and the phone calls, right, and the email. So there's also to hold them accountable to what you thought they were supposed to be doing, Um, right? So I think don't be afraid um, that you might not have all the information. Just, you know, do the best that you can and, and make sure that you cast that ballot um and be aware that you know many folks have died fighting for the privilege to vote mm-hmm. and we shouldn't get you know not do it because oh it wasn't that easy right when folks have literally fight themselves to give us this right
2: yeah definitely yeah and again just uh echo everything jocelyn just said um you may not care about politics but politics cares about you um and not to sound too much like a broken record but a healthy democracy leads to a healthy environment. Um, be an informed voter, be an active voter, um, find out who to support, find out how to vote. Again, now more than ever, um, this election cycle, uh, learning the processes of how to vote. Um, we're, we're lucky to live in a state that offers um, two weeks of mail-in voting, I'm sorry, two weeks of in-person early voting, um, same-day registration on election day. Um, We just passed legislation um, to make sure that every registered active voter receives a mail-in ballot. Um, There's no excuse not to vote um, if you're eligible to vote.
1: And also, let's remember that even if you don't vote for these people, whoever your elected official is, they still work for you. Even if you didn't vote for them, they can still hear from you. You can yell at them or you can talk nicely, whatever your style is. (laughs) But there's like several ways to get involved. Yeah.
0: So speaking of getting involved, what are the socials, social medias for your organizations and you individually, if you give those out, which is totally fine if you don't. But if you have
1: if, if your cat has a social media that is also allowed.
0: Right. Hashtag
1: Dwayne the kitty.
0: And and Paul, we won't hold it against you if you can't remember because you're on day four. So we'll <laughs> we will find them and put them in the show notes.
3: <laughs> we can start with Jocelyn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, with Facebook, you know, you got to type out the whole thing. So right. <laughs> Conservation Lands Foundation um, is the organization name, and then we also do have Instagram, which is just at Conservation Lands, and then our Twitter is Conservation LLF. Um so folks can find that. I'm gonna give a shout out while Paul is still
1: looking for his sandals. <laughs> I'm gonna give a shout out because on Face, if you have Facebook, you can go and you know how you can put a little, a little frame on your profile photo. Right now, if you look up Conservation Lands Foundation, you get four really cute frames that you can use, encouraging people to vote. So you can go ahead and go put one of those up. And the artwork them-
0: was designed by who? B.
1: Oh, so I don't know. Somebody's super talented, <laughs> oh, so gorgeous. We're so lucky.
3: <laughs> I just can't even. It's so gorgeous. You will also find on the Conservation Lands Foundation all the all the uh, social media handles. You'll find a bunch of other art that B has made um, for us of the incredible National Conservation Lands landscapes throughout the West and Alaska. <laughs> In Alaska. Make sure not to mention. And folks can follow me. I will say it is not all public lands, so be forewarned. There are dogs and kids and all kinds of other things on my personal account, but you can look that up at um, Josie underscore Torres.
2: Paul, did you find
3: uh, it? I did.
2: I did. And you can head to uh, Nevada Conservation ConservationLink.org and you'll find all our social media t- uh, handles. Um, but on Twitter, you can follow us at NV Conservation. Um, uh, you can follow me at, at Paul Selberg NV. although I'm pretty boring on Twitter, I will say, um, but our, our, uh, conservation league, um, social media is incredibly well run. Um, and we keep that very active and up to date.
1: Well, thank you both for Excellent. being here with us today, um, and sharing all of your wisdom. Yeah,
0: this has been great. This is, this has given me joy because this has been a really rough week. So I am very happy to, to have had this conversation and it's one of those things that gives me gives me hope sometimes in a world that sometimes seems very dark. So.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for having thank us. You. Really appreciate it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, thank you for having us. And I I will challenge your listeners that voting doesn't have to be boring. Like people can vote in those T-Rex and unicorn blow-up costumes we saw at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, I mean, you can do whatever you need to do to find the joy in delivering that ballot. So. Yes. I look forward to those um photo submissions on wild and free social media pages or on people you can bling out your mask right.
1: like all shiny
0: and i personally appreciate pets that help deliver ballots you know so like particularly if you were dropping off your mail-in ballot to either a usps uh, post box or the ballot drop off if you bring your dog or sometimes cats or lizards or whatever to drop off the ballot <laughs> i'm also very pro that so because I'm here for the animal content on social media right now.
1: That is, that <laughs> is, that is what I'm all life. about right
0: now. Because <laughs> I still have puppy fever, so it's it's fine.
1: You need to get yourself a puppy. Soon, it's time
0: soon. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thank you both for being here. Um, this thank was, you. This is Ben Wild and Free, About a Battle Born Podcast. B, who is our team?
1: Our team is us and Dwayne. Just kidding, we also have to honor Allison, even though she abandoned us. But Allison, she's out in the Midwest right now. We have Jose and Ashley um, and their babies, their human baby, Sebastian, and their dog baby, Raven. Although she doesn't get that much love now. I mean,
0: Sebastian's like super adorable, so it's hard. Yes.